Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. Uh, and again, I say this, I think, every single episode, but man, we've got a good one tonight. We've got a fun one. We are uh, quickly approaching one of my favorite seasons here in Cincinnati, and that's box season. And uh, actually, I think when this show posts, it's this coming weekend is, is Bachfest. And so you need to know a lot of things about Bachfest, and we're going to talk about uh, all of them. Um, but we're also we're at a really fun place uh, that I think um, a lot of people that I've talked to still don't know makes their own beer. And that's Gabby's Cafe, uh, Bocce Brewing Company. So we're going to talk about that, too. We've got, got a lot of things to cover. Let's uh, let's start. Let's roll around the table. Everybody, introduce yourselves. Tell people who you are uh, and uh, and and why you're sitting at this table. Okay, I'm Jim Effler. I have been uh, illustrating the Bachfest posters since 1995. Done 29 of them so far, and uh, it's a project I look forward to every year to do. And got me involved in doing uh, more beer stuff, like labels for Christian Morline and uh, murals and posters for not just Buckfest but the Hudipole 14k if you've ever if you've ever had dinner at the Moreline Lager House sat at the bar and looked behind you and seen that big mural on the wall uh, that's your work uh, and if you've ever had one of those uh, uh, one of the older Moreline beers where there actually was a painting on the artwork right right I Moreline did those that to, from <laughs> around 2007 again. I did those uh, for about seven or eight years and they change your packaging design but yeah, it's uh, more modern, I guess. Now uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that with more line one of these days, and okay. try to get them back onto the, uh, the right. actual artwork on on labels. But um, yeah, welcome to the show. I don't think you've been on the show before, right? Uh, I no, uh, I stopped by your table down at uh, Chris Kendall Market, not this right. past one, but the uh, the one before that, and uh, we were tasting some beers that had the whatever it is that hot poker. Oh thing. yeah, we were hot poking beers. <laughs> I tasted that for the first time. <laughs> oh so. man, it's so much fun! Uh, well, welcome to the show. Uh, we'll we'll definitely talk about uh, some of the stuff that you've done with uh, with the, the artwork around Cincinnati and uh, um, just Bachfest in general um, as we go. Okay, I'm Dino Destasi, and we're here at our place, Gabby's Cafe, and Jim has done a lot of work for us also on our uh, uh, labels for our marinara, and he's painted one of the most beautiful murals that I could ever say t uh, beauty to. He's uh, done that for us. And a lot of our other artwork that we've got on our barbecue sauces. And and uh, and here we are, like you said, Andrew, we are brewing Bocce Brewery here by, I'll turn it over to Joe Cornella and his crew. <laughs> hey, my name is Joe Cornella. I'm the general manager here at Gabby's Cafe and also the head brewer at Bocce Brewing Company. Uh, since I's newest and smallest brewery. Uh, just brewing here in the basement and uh, have some really good things going on. Um, we're doing our own Bach Fest here on March 2nd. Um, we're going to have a couple Bach beers um, and some of our other styles that don't that get too don't on. get too far ahead in the conversation. If you <laughs> right, knock it all sorry. out right here at the beginning, it's going to be a short show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got plenty to talk about. Before we need to do anything else, we need to drink a beer. <laughs> because it's a craft beer podcast. You got to drink beer during it. Yes. Um, and this is one that I've not had. Um, I did. I mentioned this uh, to Jim earlier that um, we've we've had a lot of beer on the show over the years, um, and this will be the 999th beer that we've drank on Cincy Brewcast. 999. So bottles. that one right there will be number 1,000, the one that's further down oh the table. My. So uh, 
awesome. 999th beer. Uh, tell me about this beer. Um, tell me uh, kind of the inspiration, what it is. To, tell me tell me about it. Sure. Why so do I drink it? It's called Old Weirdo, and it was one of my uh, brewers came up with it. This might be the first beer named after me in the city. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely named after the Joke brewer, guys. and you can tell me said that. Uh, <laughs> so Joseph is, has been brewing since the 70s, home brewing. So he's brought a lot to the table. He's actually Dino's brother-in-law as well. Uh, so we're bringing a lot of family into this as well. And he uh, he came up with this. And at first, I was just like, I was a little little peculiar about it. And I was like, is this going to be good? And he's brewing it actually for a party that he's going to as well. Right. And right when we tasted it, I said, Joseph, that's going on tap. It's, and so it's, going, it's an old English brown ale. And uh, Old Peculiar was a beer in, I guess, Yorkshire, England, at a pub over there. And uh, named Old Peculiar. And so it's right. a cousin of that. So he's been brewing it for, for years. You don't see a ton of English, actual <laughs> English styles around anymore. I think it's one of those things that uh, uh, was was really big kind of uh, maybe in the 90s when, sure. when there were a lot of people kind of getting into craft beer. And then it went away and American hops became the thing. And um, this is great. This is one of those beers that I expect if you're you know showing up at sure. some kind of English pub or something and it's you know <laughs> pulling from a cask, which obviously it's not. But um it's it's great. It's earthy. It's uh, it's I assume some kind of English hops going on there. That kind of uh, dirty, earthy, hoppy thing that I enjoy so much. <laughs> yeah, right. um, um, but still, kind of has a little bit of a, a bitterness to it. That is a great beer. Thank That's you, fantastic. Yeah, I, I would yeah. tell everybody to come on down here and grab a pint, but I think we just drank it all. <laughs> yeah, I think Jim actually got the last one, but we actually now the way that this went over the weekend, especially it was a front runner over the weekend, and uh, I think we're gonna do probably about a barrel of this um, here in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. And then uh, get it on tap for good. Uh, it's man, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Uh, before let, I mean, let's, let's start there. Let's, let's start the conversation. Tell me about kind of, you guys, you mentioned you are probably the smallest brewery in town. I think you are. <laughs> um, I have to go, go look at the list here. And there might be somebody that's about the same size as you, but sure. I don't, I don't think so right now. <laughs> um, talk about uh, the inspiration. How'd you guys decide to start making your own beer? You are, Wyoming's first brewery. Yes, that's right. And oldest. <laughs> and <Yes>. oldest. Um, <laughs> and uh, I still don't think they've brewed anything across the street yet. So there's nobody that's even trying to uh, to, to battle there that. <laughs> but um, talk about kind of how all this happened and uh, and we'll go from there. So, yeah, uh, about what was about three years ago, um, I got laid off from, from a job due to COVID. They did right. a massive layoff. So, and I worked here prior before that job and got to know Dino a little bit and his family. And uh, I saw Dino outside. We were walking the walking down the street, and he came comes up and says, "How's recruiting going?" I said, "Well, unfortunately, I got laid off." He goes, "Well, then you can come work for me now." I go, "Well, I guess I could." Yeah. So I just I ended up I came back, and we pretty much around the same time started talking about brewing beer, and all of a sudden Dino called. Why me. start? Let's start. Why? Why would you? Because. There's a lot of people that are already trying to tell us there's too many breweries in Cincinnati and this and that, and which I think is I think is a load of baloney. But um, why? It, it's not that you're competing with the Rheingeists and sure. the Magic. Like, complete no. opposite. They're still on tap here. <laughs> you well, know uh, exactly. So uh, why why try to kind of jump in with with your own beer? Well, for me, basically working at Gabby's. Gabby's is a from scratch place. You know, they they do all their, their sauces. They do uh, everything back in the kitchen from scratch. So why not do our beers from scratch? Why not create our own label, create our own create our own image, and uh, just you know get it out there and join the elite you know breweries in this country, you right. know, 
And it's, it's, and it's a blast and I have a great time doing it. And I wake up to come brew and I'm like, this is my job. It's unbelievable. So it's, it's funny. Cause like for me, there's almost like these separate categories of what it means to be a brewery. Mm-hmm. And there are some really great big, bigger breweries around Cincinnati. Even they're, they're, they're not big <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and, and they're doing great things. And then you've got places like this, that it's, it's a whole different ball game. It's like when I come in here, I almost don't expect to know what's going to be on tap because it's changing so quickly and because it's so small. And I think that's part of what I love about it. I, I come in here and I'm like, oh, you know, what's new? <laughs> like right. that's, you know, it's, it's fun and it's exciting and it's a discovery each time. And uh, it's on, on tap next to other things. And like, it's, it just becomes a different type of atmosphere for me that I, I enjoy a lot. And uh, right. it's, it's fun. It's fun to watch. Like Joe said, we, we make a lot of our items yeah. here our marinara so what's happening in this building is really wonderful creativity and uh, keeping everybody's juices flowing and their uh and their designing of the items that we serve out of here so this was a great addition to finding uh joe and his crew to design these beers and it's a complex thing i i never realized um when i make the items that I make, which is the marinara, I put a spoon in there and that's the taste that I know. <laughs> this is got such, it's got such a timeline on it that it, it's uh, amazing to watch how they make this, this happen. So I've been learning a lot um, and they're doing a great job. It's a tasty product it is it is interesting like it's not it's not all it's not more difficult than making a great marinara or a great soup or something like that uh the making of a beer uh, but you you can't check it at all you as can. it's going you have to <laughs> wait. Up and wait you're just all right let's see how this one turned out <laughs> it's a it is a fascinating process yeah. in that regard um you guys mentioned you're doing your uh, your own bock fest here uh, at gabby's uh let's uh, let's take a step um, kind of over to the bigger Bachfest side. Let's talk about Bachfest Cincinnati. Um, you've been involved from, I, I won't say since the beginning, because Bachfest has had a very strange history throughout the years, but since the beginning of the modern Bachfest, pretty much, you've been involved with what's been going on. Um, talk about kind of what is Bachfest to Cincinnati to, to you? Okay, yeah, I was not involved with like the first two years at Bachfest, right. but I've been involved uh, with it ever since then. Yeah, Bachfest to me, it's just uh, it's just this festival that um, it it's different. Like it's very eclectic, and you you get a lot of creative people in the parade, mm-hmm. and um, it's kind of a uh, less conservative. <laughs> side of Cincinnati so you know we're known for being conservative and that and it's just something that's not that and it's uh people just having fun you know and um and tasting good Bach beers and it's 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 a lot different than like a festival like um Oktoberfest where we're kind of doing a smaller version of the Munich thing and it's just um a little more laid back and crazy too (laughs) (laughs) sometimes very crazy um how does how does some of that personality of what Bachfest is how do you incorporate that into artwork when you're doing it because i think the artwork kind of each year kind of sets the stage for how 
how the whole festival feels to me. Like I, you know, the artwork is the first thing that you kind of see. That's the first thing that comes out. And then from there, Bachfest kind of happens around it. it how do you, how do you take the personality and how to put it into, well, you know, I, I go to Bachfest and I take pictures down there and I just get ideas and it's like, people ask me, how do you keep coming up with ideas? And there's just so much, uh, material there to work with. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I could ever run out of ideas for, you know, fun Bachfest posters and, uh, one good example, I guess, is the year 2000, where I came up with this idea of a Trojan goat instead of the Trojan horse. And the whole concept behind that was like sneaking a good time into the city of Cincinnati with this giant barrel of beer. And that was partly inspired by old photos where I saw they had these giant barrels that they would have in parades. Oh, yeah. That wasn't like a goat or anything, but it was a huge wooden barrel. Should have been. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, I did the artwork for it, and then Mike Cromer at Barrel House talked to some guys, uh, Keith Baker, and that, to, and they they decided they were actually going to build this thing. Mm -hmm. So it kind of inspired them to build it, and then I, it's been in most of the posters since, then. it's kind of like a symbol of the Bach Parade for sure. It has not been in the parade for the last few years, though. What happened to it, Jim? It was that's that was a more of a Moreline issue, I believe, because I think I think Moreline technically owns him now, right? Uh, um, I guess so. I, I you know I didn't realize he definitely that. lived at Moreline. Yeah, he definitely yeah. hung out there. Oh. Right, and he the last I was in the Moore Street building, he was still there. But then when the new ownership took over. Uh, I, I don't I don't actually yeah, know. They, I assume he's in their, their new facility. Yeah, they had to take that neck and the head off to get it in the door. But yeah, they kept it inside the Moreline Brewery, which I is not there. So I, I assume it is property of the Cincinnati Beverage Company, the more modern Moreline, which oh. means I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope he's back this year because he, oh. he hasn't been there for a while since pre-COVID. And um, yeah. we need him. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, they even had him in like the Reds parade. And he stuff should be in everything. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just become like this this crazy symbol of because Oktoberfest, like you like you said, like it's it's a great time of year. It's a great festival. One of my favorite beer styles, Meritsons and and fest beers, and uh, I, I love it. But you're trying to just replicate something that exists somewhere else in in the world, which is a ton of fun. But it just it, it it doesn't change. It doesn't evolve. It's just Oktoberfest, mm -hmm. and that, whereas Bachfest Bachfest lives and breathes and changes. And every year, you're not really sure what it's going to look like. Yeah. You're not really sure what you know uh, what people are there, what kind of uh, celebration happens around it. Um, it's it, it is part of Cincinnati's beer culture, a big part of Cincinnati's beer culture, and so. Um, I just I enjoy the 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 season so much. Yeah, it oh, yeah. does change over the years, and I've I've searched for Bachfest to see if there are any in Germany, and I I didn't find anything. I've online. seen a couple like that happen in the United States, a couple smaller ones right. that other breweries will do. I've never heard of anybody in Germany. Don't I don't even think they drink that much Bach beer in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's a very strange thing. I, I I've said, and I I don't I don't know for a fact that this is true, but I've never seen anywhere else in the world where you can go and get this many different Bach beers made by this many different breweries at one time. So, <laughs> yeah. Just, it just that's what makes happen. Cincinnati so unique. You know? Yeah, and it's Bach. It's just, we chose Bach. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. just great. I mean, <laughs> definitely when you look up Bach Fest, the, the, the one that in Cincinnati is what comes up oh, first. Yeah. yeah, there are small. There are other ones that are a little bit smaller, but... It's a, it's a very special thing. And I, I, I enjoy kind of as... 
as Bachfest has kept growing and evolving, seeing other places around town to embrace that too. Uh, obviously, most of the places that you'll see celebrating Bachfest are going to be downtown. Um, but there's places like Gabby's here. How long have you guys been doing your own kind of Bachfest celebrations here? Well, this will be the fourth annual Bachfest. So Every time you hear a train horn, you have to drink. <laughs> Sounds good. Train. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, we got to drink up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so we started at the year the uh, year of COVID. So when they they didn't right. do it, they kind of just pushed it out to uh, you know breweries and venues and things like that. And uh, a good friend of mine, Bob Bolas, who owns Fibonacci Brewing, um, I went up and I was talking to him about it, and he told me about that. So I, I reached out to the, the person in charge, and uh, it was you know an expensive fee, and we got on on their marketing and and everything, and we just decided let's try this out. So we weren't brewing beer at the time, obviously. So we went around to a bunch of different breweries, like Third Eye. I think Matry was on there, yeah. you know, things like that, um, just to kind of have a few different Bacala options. And it did really well. So we said, let's try it again. It was better than the first year. Let's try it again. But the Pete Wagner band, <laughs> that authentic yeah. German uh, music. But yeah. they do play Italian and Irish, right. and they do <laughs> it all. So everybody's dancing. Again, it's Bachfest. It. You can do whatever exactly. yes. you want. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're coming out again this year, and, and it's going to be just even better. We've uh, we've teamed up with a couple of foundations. The uh, Brave Like Me is a local to Wyoming foundation. Uh, they're going to come and do Split the Pot and raise money for the dog park that they're putting in Wyoming. And also the uh, Ken, Ken Anderson Alliance. Um, they're actually coming and doing a raffle as well That's with us awesome. so teaming up with a couple of people it's just going to be a great time authentic german food uh we have we have two personally two box and we're going to have about three or four on tap all together brat burgers sauerkraut balls delicious all homemade yeah i love it all from scratch any get a pizza because that's get a pizza. Get a pizza that's a, a, yeah we might have to throw that in or now that you're down. saying it publicly <laughs> Let's write that down. Just, that's what I do. I just mention things on the show, and then people have to do them. <laughs> I love Geta. I'm married right. to a German girl. Man, Geta so. is one of my favorite things in the world. Yes. We are currently looking for a goat. So we would like to have a live goat there okay. if, if anybody out there has And they can goat. have it back. We won't hurt it. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, again, going back to Fibonacci, I think all of theirs are uh, are working that weekend. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I, they're yeah. doing, to mention Fibonacci since, since yeah. we brought them up, uh, right. for that same weekend. On Friday, they're doing their kind of Bachfest celebration. Yeah. They are uh, um, having their goats um pull a little wagon with the beer from oh. their little the little pin oh, over there cool. over to the tap room that's awesome that's cool. I, I i feel like i need to go yeah uh just and i hope it timing works out with the parade and everything that day that i can get to everything because You'll need a helicopter i don't think they're gonna do it i don't think they're gonna be willing to pull the, the beer over i think they're gonna throw a little fit and just <laughs> sit there and not do anything we're not clydesdales goats have attitude i think that's Maybe that's what I love so much about it is that goats are not Clydesdales or they, they, just, they do what they want. They don't pay. They'll right. just stand on the hood of your car if they want to. Yes, they, just, they do. <laughs> and eat your shoes. Um, uh, let's talk about uh, kind of uh, so Bocce Brewing Company as a uh, as a piece of Cincinnati's uh, brewery kind of scene. Um, how do you how do you see your guys? How do you see you guys fitting in with that um, or do you do you think that you're kind of uh, uh, an outlier of it? Do you kind of uh, just kind of do your own thing and, and kind of um, uh, stay in your own little bubble? I guess. How does that work as as such a kind of a a small physical piece of it? Well, yeah. I mean, we, to answer your question, we just kind of doing our own thing. Right. You know, we we're not 
we're looking one day at a and, time. And to be fair, point. you guys are you guys are new. Yeah. Uh, this Bachfest, you're you're calling this kind of the uh, uh, the grand introduction of Correct. Bocce. Yeah, yeah. You the official have, launch. You guys have had beer for since mm-hmm. what, like August? It's, it's been about August. I think it was our first one we we tapped. Yeah. But it's been hit and yeah. miss if you can come in here and actually get one <laughs> right. because people keep drinking it all. Exactly. <laughs> yes. we, we were doing small five gallon batches at a time at, at one point. Now we've got a, a nice barrel system, so right. we've. We've upped our production a lot, so we're, we're able to to keep up as much as we can. Right. Uh, it's a three man uh, operation. You got me and uh, Joseph, and then my, actually my dad, Chris. He's actually uh, brewing with us as well. So we're just trying to keep up with you know with who we are. Right. You know, it's, as soon as you think of somebody as competition, I mean, it, you're going down. You know, and, and I. I Nobody in this in this city is competition to us. The beer community is side. tremendous. They're, they yeah. work well together. Oh, yeah. We have some great uh, connections to uh, Humble Monk and uh, yeah. Third Eye and all of them. I mean, right, guys? We we have all, all kind of beers here still, and yet we have ours, you know, going on the tap. So they all work well together. And everyone's great. I mean, everybody's worked with us amazing. They, nobody sees us as competition either. We've partnered up with Humble Monk with some things. and Northern Row. Yep, Northern Row's another Which is good in one. the old Moorline building. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you look at what some of the other places are doing and use that to kind of shape what you guys put on tap here, what you brew here? Like, oh, we don't need to make a... Uh, you know, just a standard IPA because we've got truth and we have things like that in sure. town that, that, you know, people already kind of are, are latched on to. We'll make a, an English, what is it, English brown? Or the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, we have, we actually have a Midwest IPA coming and we brewed it one time and we did small five gallon batch and it flew. Yeah. And uh, it was a great balance between the New England and the West Coast. You know, and then beautiful in color. And I, I was really proud of that beer. And we actually have a one barrel uh, batch coming here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Right. Um, but uh, when I started out, I, I was wondering, I was like, what do I want to be the first beer on tap? I was thinking about a blonde. I was like, you know, everybody can drink a blonde. I was thinking about a beer that everybody kind of across the spectrum wanted to drink. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter, you know, a lot of people don't like the hoppy. So let's leave the hoppy out a little bit. So I came up with an amber. So the amber ale went really well. So it's kind of our flagship right there. And then right. our, we we did do a hoppy one because people do like hops. So we did the double IPA, and that one is, I, I think we've nailed that one pretty good. So uh, even then, it was a, it was still kind of a unique take on double IPA. Sure. You don't see yeah. a lot that are similar to yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, people have told me they're like, I don't drink IPAs, and this one I can right. drink. So and, and that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I. I I just I find that kind of relationship interesting for places that have other breweries on tap and also make their own mm-hmm. beer. Of how do they how do they make that balance? How do they figure out? Well, so and so is going to have this beer out, and it sounds really good, and we really want to have that on tap. So we need to make sure we don't have something that looks like that at the same time to kind of keep the taps balanced. Sure. You guys also don't have a ton of taps here. You don't yeah. have. You're not talking 30 taps where you have you can have a little bit of everything. You have to be very kind of deliberate about how you break those up and what is on tap at any given time. Exactly. And that's why, you know, one of my uh, favorite beers from Third Eye is their Nirvana or Bus and New yep. England IPA. It's fantastic. So I, I knew we're not going to make a New England IPA. So <laughs> until, until they stop making that one. <laughs> <laughs> so and we knew like we have an amber, so we didn't want to bring in, you know, somebody else's amber, you right. know, to kind of compete with that. So we just want to make sure that when I buy the beer, they're they're all different styles. Now, you can have a couple different IPA styles, 
a New England, a sure. double, you know, a Midwest, whatever. Uh, but I usually never have any of the same exact style next to each other. Well, IPA is is probably the perfect example yeah. of that. Of there's sure. such a, a yeah. wide spectrum of what that means anymore. Right, right exactly. <laughs> white IPA. Yeah. There. Nobody's had a white IPA right now. I need a white IPA, IPA. Um, or black IPAs, yeah. or red IPAs. There's so many <laughs> that people aren't brewing enough of. Yeah. Um, I do want to dive into this uh, this other beer that's sitting in front of us. Oh, oh okay. Uh, talk uh, talk about this a little bit, um, and we'll have to get some more tasters or something here in a second. Oh, yeah. But um, tell me about this beer. Um, uh, tell me, tell me where you got it, when you got it, why you got it, <laughs> why you still have it. <laughs> so yeah, I bought these two beers. I bought six of them back in 1994. So they are 30 years old. And did a, they did they come in a six pack? No, no. Okay, they were all separate. <laughs> I think I, I'm not sure. That was a long time ago, but I think I bought them separately. Right. Um. So I bought six of them, and I drank one the first year, and I then I would just you know drink one every once every so many years. Right. The last time I had one, I think was set about seven years ago. But anyway, it's a Sam Adams Triple Bach. I bought them because I liked Bach beer and I liked Doppelbox and I thought, well, let's go to the next level, the triple. But it's uh, it's probably best if you don't think of it as a beer because it's not. <laughs> it's, it it's doesn't not. really. Ha- I mean, a Doppelbach is more similar to a Bach than either one of those are to the triple Bach. It's just a totally different type of alcoholic well, beverage this was kind of the first move that sam adams made into their kind of extreme beer series which we all know now is utopias yeah, probably it, the only thing that's left of it is that which, still going right the utopia oh yeah every every two years they release it that's a good beer i love yeah. it i think it's fantastic but it is it is very different like you can't think of it as a beer you have to yeah. think of it almost as a uh, as a spirit or something like that it's a it's a very unique thing what's and the, what's what's the 27 or something what, like that yeah it's up there and these these are up there too these are probably uh, I don't Remember what I need do you need a, a knife I've got one behind me if you need one he's yeah. got a Swiss knife on him <laughs> Andrew always prepared I think the cork just pulls out if I remember but yeah like I said it's been a long time um, be careful be the first time somebody cuts their finger off on the show. That'd be fun. <laughs> definitely going on TikTok if you cut your finger yeah. off right now. Yeah, I don't mean, that'll be fun. <laughs> um, uh, so they this beer, from what I understand, I believe that there is still like remnants of this that are in what we drink today of Utopias. I think that they had oh. some of this still in barrels and it's kind of been mixed in and blended and all this stuff into other things. I believe, um, I know the, um, I believe right after triple Bach was the, um, uh, yeah. millennium, something like that. Oh, oh it broke. Oh, you're going to need a, I got a corkscrew. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we got a corkscrew. It's 30 years old, Jim. I don't have one of those in my bag, although I should. <laughs> kind of, um, we got them. All I, right. I also I don't think that I've ever tried this beer. This will be I, a first for uh, yeah, Jim. I'm excited. Jim, you, you said how many did you buy originally? Six. Six. You want to do it? Yeah, yeah I'll try it, Joe. Uh, what do you have any uh, any memories of what it tasted like the last time you had it? Yeah. It, oh, he was describing. Well, that'll work. <laughs> fell right back into the bottle. <laughs> I think I had Utopias one time. I think that That's was probably right. the yeah. most similar thing right. I can think of that I've ever had. Go ahead, that, Jim. Uh, 
to compare it to would be a utopias. Right. So we'll just let you take a little bit. Andrew, here, I'll pour you some. Oh, thank you. You're the host. That's good. good. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Ciao. It, there is definitely a similar aroma to Utopias, like mm-hmm. that kind of uh, um, port oh kind of um, smell. Yeah, it's oh man, gross guys, gross, yeah, <laughs> gross. Uh, to to Bach beer and and and, and whatever this is. <laughs> but again, going back to kind of that personality of Bach Fest, uh, how appropriate that there is a triple Bach that. Is not really a Bach beer, but Man. but it's Bach. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> that is smooth. Yeah, it's uh, it's a real different smooth. kind of drink. I mean, there's no head on it or yeah. anything. It's just uh, that's all right with an ABV like Ooh. this. Oh yeah, it's like a it's wow. a uh, more sessionable version of Utopias. <laughs> sessionable at seventeen percent. Have they made this since? Like, did they make it? Every no, year? they they made it for like four years, I believe. Yeah. Something. Yeah, I think this was the right. first year they did it. Ninety four. Uh, three or four years. Yeah, 94. It. Yeah, it was four. It's 94, 95, 96, and 97. So it's got maple, you said. And yeah. It's yep. a lot you of definitely salt. definitely taste the maple for sure. Yeah. Salt. I th- and, um, it tastes, it, well, I don't know if it has salt, but it has kind of a salty. It's that kind of to me. U- umami kind of thing. So that, he, uh, yes. You know. And that's what Jim said. Well, yeah. some. So immediately I'm like, well, where's the rice? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, some people have said that. It tastes like soy to them. I, I don't. I, I get I get where but, people are going with that. Yeah. Um, I've had you know Dark Lord that tastes way more of like soy sauce than what this does. Um, I I enjoy this a lot. That's pretty good. Um, thank you for sharing it with us. Yeah. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's this, one more. It's fantastic. Wanna, this is the thousandth beer on the show, and I think it's appropriate. I think it's an appropriate one yeah, for that one is thousand. Cool. Absolutely. <laughs> thousand beers. Yeah. I I enjoy that. Yes, yeah, uh, so that's right. Nine nine and nine, and now now a thousand. A thousand. That's great. Oh. Uh, how how do you I don't guys... think I can go much past these two. So <laughs> <laughs> well, probably good. I know. Uh, where do you guys think Bachfest goes from here? How does it how does it continue to evolve and find its place? As I mean, we've seen. Uh, I mean, OTR was the heart of Bachfest for a long time, and still is. Um, but it was at a time where we needed to shine a light on OTR. We needed people to go there. We needed yeah. people to kind of bring life back into the city after it kind of. Uh, lost a lot of that uh, that shine. Uh, I don't know that that's the case anymore. I think that uh, some of the suburbs and some of the places that uh, some of the neighborhoods that have some exciting things going on probably need as much light uh, shine on them as yeah. as OTR does. Is that the evolution that we're going to see? Is that is that where it I, should go? Is that I don't know. I mean, it's all kind of up in the air. I I. Just in November, I was doing a talk at the brewery district, and even at that stage, they weren't—they didn't have anything locked down as far right. as where it was going to be, other than it wasn't going to be back in that park again where it was for two years. Oh, you mean the mud pit? Yeah, yeah. It rained <laughs> last year. It rained on Friday. And they, I think they—I don't know if they canceled the parade, but they. They, canceled. they technically canceled the parade. Um, I think they've canceled the parade a couple times the last few years, but for anybody that knows Bachfest, even if you cancel the parade, uh, there's still going to be people having their own parade, even if they yeah. have to stay, even, even have to a, stay on the sidewalks. Even <laughs> in a <laughs> snowstorm, they went through the parade. Yeah. But 
Yeah, it's, I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, well, definitely in the beginning, uh, one of the goals was to bring uh, attention to Over the Rhine. And I think Bachfest helped to do that yeah, to some extent. Sure. Um, and now it's kind of like crowded down there. It's harder. It, it can be hard to park and yeah. that kind of thing. I'm not sure where, where it's going to go. I mean, they did um, uh, Moorline Logger House is part of it. So, I mean, people can go down there and, and then, you know, take the tram up. Or yeah, thank God for the streetcar. Streetcar. I, I remember some of those early days for me of Bachfest. Uh, and, and by early days, we're talking uh, the Logger House was open. So, like, the yeah, first, right, first year yeah. or two of the Logger House <clears throat> and walking, walking from OTR all the way down to the logger house yeah. to grab a beer down there too to yeah. kind of spread it out and man that's a long walk yeah. when it's cold outside yeah, <laughs> yeah. the issue is you know it's a time of the year where you can either hit a, a day where it's 72 degrees or 22 degrees yeah or you yeah. could have both friday yeah. could be beautiful and saturday yes. could be snow <laughs> i'm just i'm just don't want rain yeah <laughs> that's yeah. that's the main thing I mean, it can cold be a we chilly, can work but... with but rain rain even in july if it's raining that wipes yeah. out everything yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, bringing some some attention back to some of the suburbs and some of the places that have fun things going on to me that's the I know that the uh, the price of the uh, the Bachfest uh, organizers probably disagree with that but I think that that's that's what we need to see more of we need yeah. to see more uh, kind of community Bachfest happening and um, you guys seem to be kind of doing exactly what that is and exactly yeah. what I what I want to see from that. So um, yeah. I appreciate that. And, and you know, Bachfest in downtown goes for three days. We go for six hours. You know, so if you don't, you know, go Friday, go Sunday, go Saturday, but, you know, come see us as well. Yeah, go to both. Exactly. Well, I definitely want them to get people to go to both. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what happens with Oktoberfest, there's the biggest one is downtown, but there's, a bunch of them around in the suburbs. And yeah, they're not usually on the same weekend, but I mean, it could evolve into a situation like that where there's like the one main one and some like a little bit smaller ones in yeah. different places. And sometimes, sometimes people just want to do the smaller one. Like they don't want to get in the big crowd in that and want something a little bit, a little bit more tame or something. Sure. So there were, that would open up some options for uh, that. Let's uh let's talk about everybody's craft beer journey. Uh, I'm interested to hear how everybody kind of found their way into craft beer, because um, uh, for a lot of people it's a very different type of road to get in there. Uh, Jim, how did how did how did you um, how did you find your way into craft beer? Were you um, early adopter of it, or did you kind of stumble into it? Or well, um, let's see. I started. <laughs> liking beers that were other than the American traditional beer sure. after I went to Europe in 1978 and was in England for a little bit in Germany and, and tasted the different types of beer that they had. And it was like, uh, you know, we had, you might have a Heineken or something, but it wasn't <laughs> like we had that many options on, on beer. So then, um, when Hudipol came out with Christian Morline in 1982, that became my staple. I I would be down at Arnold's drinking one of those, and we had it at our wedding when we had our reception on a riverboat. We had more line on tap then in 1986. And um, so, you know. I did drink one of those recently, too, one of the old bottles of oh, really? Moreline Select Lager. 
It was terrible. Oh, yeah, well, it, it's definitely don't drink. It, yeah, it probably just doesn't the last. 70s or the yeah, 80s, it doesn't uh, last now. that long unless it's, <laughs> it's really not, high. It's not triple buck. <laughs> so you know, just from there, I started getting into the you know the craft brewery. I I Main Street Brewery opened up right. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. a few blocks up the street from my where my studio was on Seventh and Main at that time. Barrel House and they both of those had uh, me doing labels for them. Your, your studio was on Seventh and Main. Seventh and Main, yeah. Know. It was above uh, Walt's Business Machine. It was uh, Air Studio for the first twenty twenty five years of my career. I painted with airbrush, right. Anyway, so we had Air Studio. I went to uh, to Antonelli College. Oh, okay. Uh, at 7th of Main there. Okay, so. yeah. That was right diagonally across the street. So anyway, I started doing labels for them and just, you know, got into the craft beer from from there. I I remember going to Canada, and this is when 3-2 beer was about all you could get, you know? <laughs> so we're in Canada, and you're drinking um, Molson and it's you don't realize it, but it's six percent. And you're like, right. oh, okay. But what I, happened? I don't know up, why this tastes better, but this <laughs> yeah, is really good. <laughs> it's good. But up up there, they had American beers, but they were brewed in Canada. Right. So they they would have Miller and everything, but it was brewed up there. And then Joseph, who is my brother-in-law, was a home brewer, and whenever we had a birthday party, uh, he'd bring the beer, and it's like, wow, this is this is really good, Joseph. And, you know, Joe's got him working here with us. But I have one more story. And I met Jim Cook before Sam Adams even got going in 1984. We didn't know each other. He was at a food show that I was attending. And he's setting up a little table. Meanwhile, the big guys (laughs) have got these huge bars as big as our restaurant in the middle of the Chicago food show. And he's like, he pours me a whole beer at 1030. He goes, I'm trying to put the flavor back in this stuff. They, they've taken it all out. And so there he was with his campaign to get, you know, beer back to flavor. Right. And he helped a lot of other breweries uh, get their starts. Oh, yeah. I, I wonder uh, if I ever get a chance to sit down and talk to him again. I, like, I, I, oh, I'm curious to, to know, like, if he thinks it was easier to sell beer then or if it's easier to sell beer now. Because, because that, I mean, that coming up against that and walking into this and looking at what the, uh, the beer landscape was in the United States yeah. then to try to start a brewery was crazy. Like, it was dumb. You yeah. didn't do that. But it, it seems like it was a really easy sell. Like, yeah. look, here's the beer. <laughs> try this. <laughs> and, like, done. Like, of course you're going to drink that beer because yeah. it tastes better. Um, but then now, like, you have to try to convince somebody if you're a brewery uh, to buy your beer over everybody else's beer. Sure. And yeah. I'm talking about bigger kind of distributing breweries. Um, it, that's a, that, that To me, that seems like a very daunting task, too. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to hear kind of how he... Uh, so his, you, you interviewed him on your podcast? Once, yeah, yeah a nice. very very short kind of conversation. I've, awesome. I've met him a few times, but uh, never really gotten to sit down and have a long conversation yeah. with him. He wouldn't remember me. It was thousands. It was a rest, National Restaurant Association uh, up at McCormick Center, and honest to God, I should have stepped behind that table with him and said, "I'll hang out with you." <laughs> he's he's one Dino, of those. Everybody remembers you. He's <laughs> he's one of those guys too, like Jim Cook. Like even if he doesn't remember you, he will make you feel like yeah, he does. He yeah. is he is he's just, a heck of a marketer. Really, every really... time he's talking, he's holding a bottle in front of him, mm-hmm. and I've copied that whenever I'm. I get a shot on TV. I hold the marinara in front. Now I'll be holding a bocce up there too. Yeah, uh, and he, you know, label out. <laughs> label out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. 
Uh, what about you? So, uh, you know, I, coming out of the Navy in 2003, I, I was always a Bud Light Coors Light guy. You know, there's really nothing, you know. Thank you for your service. <laughs> no problem. Uh, there was nothing we, we didn't, we drank the cheapest stuff, you know, we were poor, so we just drank whatever was cheap. And I was, I'll let that slide because of your service. <laughs> so, uh, so, and then, you know, fast forward a little bit, I, I managed a restaurant down in Mount Adams and we started, I did the beer order and started, you know, getting some more craft beers in and stuff like that and started becoming, you know, uh, taking a liking to some of them, you know, and then I actually moved to Denver for a few years and that was There's at the time, like, there. yeah, and that was like the <laughs> Mecca of craft beers at, at one yeah, time. So yeah. I really started to differentiate what was, what was craft beer, what was, you know, whatever. Right. And, uh, when I, I still didn't like IPAs, I still not an IPA guy. So Bob at Fibonacci, I, I was talking to him about it and he loves hops and he's a hop head and he, he, he'll drink the hoppiest beers. And, mm -hmm. and he says, you just don't know how to drink IPAs. And I was like, <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so he goes, well, there's session IPAs. There's, you know, this IPA and this IPA, New England IPA. And you got to understand which IPA you want to you drink. So I started doing that. And I realized he's right. There are IPAs I like. So I really just hit hard, you know, probably I'd say around 2013. And I've always, you know, been interested in brewing beer. And I, I started brewing beer when we kind of figure out this is what we want to do. So really only about three years ago, I started brewing and some, doing some home brew right. and um, made some contacts around the city and uh, from Listerman's and from you know Humble Monk and all that. So. Has that he has a great network? They're all they all connect with each other, right? Mm -hmm. Have, has that changed kind of uh, what beers you tend to to reach out for when you're grabbing a beer? Uh, yeah, since oh, yeah. The home brewing side of it, like the, oh, or for the, sure. the commercial, even the commercial brewing side of it, like uh, the idea that uh, um, you see a new style, you're like, oh, I need to I need to try that and see what that is or how they did this or, you know. That's why we're bringing in the Midwest IPA. Right. Yeah, was, uh, not even, I think probably a month, month and a half ago, uh, I went to uh, a Wings and Rings over by Jungle Gems. Sure. Oh, with my sister, and we were sitting at the bar, and and it had a uh, tap handle. It said exclusive, and uh, I said, "Let me try that one." So I tried it, and I was like, "What is this?" And he said, a "Midwest IPA." And Do you I was know like, what beer it was? It was a uh, Great Lakes. Great Lakes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "This is fantastic." So I was, I was thinking, I was like, "I want to make something very similar." I, I want to, you know, this inspired me. So you know, I, I created this recipe, and it came out, and it is to me is a great balance between, like I said. Uh, New England and, and a West Coast. I mean, it's it's I I, I like this one a lot. <laughs> I, it's exciting. Yeah, I, like so. I I love I love anybody that can get excited about yeah. what they're making because yeah. uh, in anything any any kind of creative endeavor, like there's so much kind of soul sucking commercialism that can come mm -hmm. from that to trying to pay your bills. Mm -hmm. And so there's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, and I'm sure there's people that are every day making truth at Ryan guys. So like, God, the last thing I want to do today is just make truth. <laughs> uh, or, yeah. you know, you talk the art side, you know, there's somebody that's working for some kind of firm and they're, just cranking away at some kind of stupid Instagram content. Like that's the last thing they want to do today, but that's, you know, uh, where sometimes things fall. And so like when people yeah. can get excited over something they're making, yeah. uh, just, I, I, I love that. Or yeah. even food, yeah. you know, how many yeah, people sure. are, oh, how many yes. people are just, you know, flipping a burger on a grill and just miserable about it. You know, <laughs> like it's just to make something that, that makes yeah. you feel good. And like, you can see people enjoying it and see people connecting with it is You're right. that's the, that's, that's the center of all of this. When you, you when you make things, um, keeping everybody involved in the creativity of it. Yeah. You know, 
That's, they all they all contribute. Everybody here gets to throw ideas into the mix, and we uh, we it's fun to watch it happen. It's it's hard for Joe's some places to manage and, that though. Yeah, it's hard for know, some places to kind of foster that and let that happen. It's good to have if you can do it. We we real proud of everybody here oh, yeah. and how they can make it you know their own, put their signature on it. Yeah, we try it all, and I was like, okay, that's a good one, mm-hmm. and it goes out onto the menu. And this crew takes instruction very well. Yeah. You know, you ask them to do something even new or maybe even something out of their comfort zone, they try it. Right. You know, they try and do it, and, and they respond to it. And it shows in our food. How has uh, how has the staff kind of embraced the uh, the brewery side of this? Uh, have they have they kind of figured it out yet? Do they, uh, yeah, <laughs> do they, do I, I, they embrace the idea that there's beer that it's, is it's, made here? It's, um, first, you have the kitchen and all the, um, the flavor coming out of there with the aromas. Now it's uh, coming out from the, the basement, and they smell the uh, they smell the mash. And what is everything. what is that you're cooking today? What's going on? <laughs> exactly. Well, I keep that do- I keep the basement door open for on re- for a reason, right? You know, my manager she shut it one time. I go, no, 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 keep that open. I want that smell to come it's out. It's my favorite it's, smell. It's, it's incredible. I love it. I love you know, it. It's incredible. But yeah, I mean, they they've responded to it very well. I mean, the majority of them have. I mean, some of them. I mean, it still hasn't even really hit me yet that we're we're a brewery here in right. Cincinnati. Uh, probably not until Bachfest, but uh, uh, they've been definitely been responding to it, and I've been trying to teach them, you know, things thing or two about hops, you know, and some of them, you know, are still in high school, so they're right. like, I don't even know what beer is. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I remember yes, my they dad. Do. My dad drank a beer <laughs> called uh, Bud Light or something. Bud Light. <laughs> I I that's my my only fear about craft beer right now is like that younger crowds yeah. that like. Uh, not even that my dad was drinking, you know, you know, Bud Light or Miller Light or something. That, that my dad, no, Mad Tree. That's what my dad drank. I'm not drinking that <laughs> stuff. Like that's scary to me to think that like yeah. we're we're starting to enter into that kind of yeah. world now. Um, we'll see if if my kids decide not to drink craft beer, we're gonna have problems. <laughs> uh, is, is there anything you guys think that people don't know that you want them to know either about uh, about Gabby's or about Bocce or um, about what you do, Jim? Jim, uh, tell them some more about. This is a this gentleman is creative. I'm gonna just explain. Like Jim can take what you're thinking from your head. There's no no, and he starts to etch and creates the image. That's something he creates the image off of what you're thinking, and that's incredible. As a photographer and a videographer, and people, I, I I create things based on things that are already there. Uh, the idea that you can like you can take an idea and then build something off of it. I I love that. I always wished yeah. I was able to do that. He took our barbecue <laughs> yeah. sauce. We were like, well, there's hundreds of barbecues out there, and he created a, a label that when people walk by the, uh, he, he I, I took the original and uh, have it hanging in the, on the wall, and I hear the comments. What's going on there? Yeah, that's exactly what we wanted everybody to say. So they're like, "That's not just a barbecue sauce. What's that? What's that? What's going on in that picture?" <laughs> yeah, it's a hog, and it's a girl that's on the hog with a, a, a barbecue a brush 
And the thing is broncoing out of control. It'll and, make more sense when you come here and see it. <laughs> you got to see it, everybody. You have to come see it. Sounds yeah. like a whole new festival to me. Rock <laughs> fest with the, the goats, and you've got to. That's what he does. And Jim also uh, did our, our the Gabby's logo and uh, the logo on the back of the shirts as well. So. And if, if when you walk in Gabby's from from the, the the front door there, you see a big mural on the wall that he did mm. too. That is just gorgeous. Uh, Lake, Lake Como. Como. Yeah. Not the one at Coney Island, Cincinnati, over in Italy. He did that. It's beautiful. And the people that have been there, they just stare at it. Coney mm-hmm. Island, rest in peace. Since yeah. Then. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. Fest down there. <laughs> I guess the I have uh, an imagination, you know, and I just love uh, having that come out. You know, yeah. Starting with pencil on paper and just building it up and going through sketches and just coming up with ideas till I find one that, you know, means something to me. And I just, oh, yeah, this is cool. And I yeah. just build on it. Awesome. Some yeah. some of that's hard to explain how it comes into your head. You know, it just yeah. it just does. From seeing all the images from Bachfest and all the artwork I've created over the years and all the artwork I've seen in my life, yeah. just looking at what other people do and then just having it, all come together in your head. I've heard a lot of songwriters talk about that sometimes of like this idea of like just kind of snatching something out of the air, like this, this, this idea, this thing, and you don't really know where it comes yeah. from, but it's, and it from, doesn't always it's from something that you can't really understand. <laughs> and the end product isn't really always what you saw. Like you, sometimes what you see is kind of like, it's almost like animated or mm-hmm. something like it, things are happening. And you, you have to, when you're doing what I do, you have to settle on one still image or no animation to it so you got to find that one image that has that animated quality in it but it's not really moving or anything you know? how often do you get like uh, halfway through something like man i picked the wrong part of that animation that was in my head and i, I, this I just has to change that, and i just did that on last year's bach fest i mean i had this really tight sketch going and it was a, a parade scene which i ended up doing but um in my first sketch, you were looking down on the people, and I got to the point, I kept thinking, well, how am I going to show this is happening in Over the Rhine? I'll figure that out later. I'll, there'll be something laying on the ground. There'll be a street sign or something. And I, I just could not make it look like it had anything to do with Over the Rhine. And it, it was a really tight drawing, and I just scrapped it and started over and did the whole scene from a different point of view. So yeah, sometimes you get pretty far along and, and you have to either change things minimally or start over. It's been like, you know, when I, uh, again, as a photographer, it's easy. You just, if you know, you just take another picture and you just keep taking pictures until the thing is the thing. And then you can kind of go off of that. But I've noticed that a little bit as I've gotten more into uh, videography that, you know, once you get into editing something, like that process of like you have this this vision of how this whole thing kind of fits together, the story fits together, and you get halfway through it and you're like, oh crap, that's not the story. This is the story, and then you have to go back to the beginning and start again and kind of redo that whole thing. Like that, uh, um, I guess that's that's the the beauty of it, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> being able yeah. to kind of play around with stuff. And now you know artists are dealing with the new thing, artificial intelligence, Ooh. and it's like some of that stuff that I see is actually really good, which is a scary thing. It's like <sighs> they they can knock these things out in minutes. Like it would take me 
a month to do it's it's scary but it also like if you can i still think that uh uh, there will always be room for actual creators and people that oh, yeah. are creating real art. Yeah. But especially as you know, the business side of, of my life, you know, like, ah, man, the, the, the time that I can save on some stuff yeah. with AI yeah. is crazy. And then there are people <laughs> like uh, my old business partner from Air Studio, Dave, like, you know, he's doing a lot of that. And, you know, he's like, it's going to be what he said was it's going to be the people that know how to control it. That, that you know, if you can control the AI, then you're going to come up with good images. Yeah, and, yeah. But a lot of people can't, and that's why you see so many people with six mm, fingers. Weird hands. <laughs> yeah, they can't. I mean, they can do beautiful faces, but a lot of them have six fingers. Or right, something. right. It's like, I don't know. I don't want to get too much Oh, man, that's that. a whole that's The, a whole the one thing I like itself. about what I do is there's this original yep. oil painting, and I, I do gorgeous. sell those, too, even if you did things digitally and there's nothing wrong with working doing artwork digitally people do a great job with that and there's yeah. really nice stuff being done but i kind of like the fact that there's an original oil painting that i painted every that's brush so valuable on but it's, that it's incredible it's, again not to keep bringing it back to photography but that's like my frame of reference yeah. you know digital photography uh halfway through when i was in school digital photography started to hit to that point where it's like okay this is this is actually a thing that like professionals are able to use this and since then, that's all it is. You know, obviously, film has all but gone away. Less, less you're like a like a like a like a crazy artist, and you still love that tactile kind of yeah. act of loading film into a camera. And sometimes things turn out, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they turn out different than you thought they were going to. You have to take, and you got to take it to a lab and get it processed, and then get it printed, mm. and like, and that that artwork has become so much more valuable and mm. so much more. Uh, personal than it was even before when it was normal. So like mm -hmm. as as AI starts to kind of be more normal, I, as digital uh, artwork becomes more normal, stuff like that becomes so much more personal to me and so much so much more valuable and so it feels better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I do work on. I'm sorry. Did Andrew see your book? Um, yeah, I'm gonna let him have that after yeah. the show. Anyway, um, so I would just want to say I do work on the digital image a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll have a a professional scan done, and sometimes if there's like type on it, or I might add some of the type digitally, or I might clean up a little thing here and there digitally. But you know, for the most part, there it's uh, almost all uh, painting. Right. And I that was a decision I made when things started going digital. Was I learned how to do things in Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator. But at that same time, I, everybody was going that direction. There was so many more artists to compete with. I, I was like, I think I'm going to go back to yep. oil paints what I, what I, <laughs> that I used at the Art Academy. <laughs> Since, <laughs> that makes know. sense to me, though. Like, yeah. it make, like as, as something becomes the norm, the thing that now isn't the norm is... Plus, I feel what I, I'm more confident with this. I don't think my digital work compares to my you know, traditional work. So, I, yeah, I'm sticking with it. There still is some. I, I haven't seen a lot of digital work that I think has the same kind of feelings. Like it still isn't quite there yet. Like it's some you know, people can do it. It's some getting people, close. Some people can do it, I think. But yeah, it's just different way of doing things now. <laughs> All right. So to remind people, uh, Bachfest here at Gabby's Cafe. March March second. Yeah, from twelve to six. We'll be open all day from you know eleven to nine, but the festival really goes from about twelve to six. Got some uh, got a nice Oompa band and a Pete Wagner band, 
and uh, great German food, Bach beers, hopefully a goat, a couple of good foundations. <laughs> hopefully a goat, even if it's a grumpy goat. <laughs> Not a herd That's of right. goats. <laughs> uh, if you have a goat and you want to bring them by, go for it. <laughs> bring your own goats. Right. Uh, leash. We'll, uh, I'll put a link in the uh, in the show notes to the uh, the Facebook event and uh, cool. um, some links to where people can find out more about you guys. But if, if you don't already know that they're making beer here, now hopefully you know. And hopefully you'll come down here, grab some lunch, grab some dinner, uh, drink a few beers. Um, this is, uh, I love stopping here kind of in the oh, afternoon, grabbing a beer or two and, and, uh, and hanging out. It's, uh, um, just such a fun kind of laid back neighborhood. Uh, it's, it's, it's perfect. I, I love you, it. Man. Right. I enjoy thank it a lot. You um, much. thank you guys for hanging out with us on the show. Um, um I, I appreciate I, it. I just wanted to add something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I will be down at Arnold's on March 1st, yes. Friday. And I'm going to stay down there. The parade leaves from there. I'm going to be down there signing posters till probably about 8 o'clock. And then on um, Saturday, I'll be at the Moorline Logger House in the afternoon from 1 to 5 o'clock. And then I'm going to head up to Rheingeist in Northern Row. I don't know the exact times on that yet, but it'll be... Nobody knows the exact times of anything <laughs> or halfway or, through a box or house. Play, <laughs> So that's that's my schedule. Um, I will probably see you both days because I'm going to be down there all weekend, all raising right. all kinds of hell. Um, everybody, come down to Bachfest. Come here for Bachfest. Uh, just drink a bunch of Bach beer that weekend and um, and embrace kind of the the weirdness of all of this stuff. <laughs> uh, thank you guys. We will be back next week. Thank I you, Andrew. Don't thank know who we're much. talking to next week. I think I actually I don't think it's it's in. It's, I won't say because I don't know if it's actually in ink yet. So somebody and it's gonna be good and we're gonna drink beer and it's gonna be fun i can tell you we probably we won't be drinking triple bock on that show because no. nobody else has it one so. thousand <laughs> beers nine hundred and ninety awesome all right thank you guys very much uh if you like the show and you want to support it go to the gnarly gnome.com slash support i appreciate you since brewcast the voice of Cincy craft